0: Golay presents Recorded History with the TheRecordHub.com 100% Irish and direct to your door What is up Recorded Historians and welcome to Recorded History with the TheRecordHub.com I am as ever your host on the podcast number 19 I cannot believe we're up to number 19 and if you're just joining us where have you been there's a whole rake of podcasts for you to catch up on which you can on the Go Loud app or wherever you get your podcast. Who's there? Niall Horan, Hosier, Shania Twain. We've got Gavin, Riley, Pamela Joyce. There's a rake of incredible, very interesting and creative people there all discussing their wonderful lives through three album choices. And this week, it is arguably, inarguably, actually, in fact, the funniest one we've done so far. It's a long one, this, because I spent most of the time laughing. It is one of our most beloved and respected comedians, Mr. Neil Delamere. Of course, many of us were introduced to Neil back in the day with a wonderful TV show called The Panel. I saw him when I used to make the pilgrimage down to Kilkenny Kenny to the Cat Laughs, uh, saw him them, loved him them, have loved him since, and recent podcasters will know that he has an incredible podcast with Mr. Dave Moore called Why Would You Tell Me That? Absolutely worth checking out after you listen to this one. What a great conversation with Neil, and we get into it here a little bit about how difficult it was to get Neil to tell me even one out, not to mention three. Easier to get Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive out of Vladimir Putin than it was to get Neil Delamere's three choices. It's a great chat, great chat about his career, uh, about appearing on Mastermind, the podcast, and why he became a comedian in the first place. It's all here for you on a wonderful episode of Recorded History with the very initially reticent Mr. Neil Delamere. All right, welcome to Recorded History, Mr. Neil Delam- Delamere. 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 I would
1: say Delamere. Oh. But I have uh, frequently bastardised my own name, depending on the
0: pun I need for a poster for an Edinburgh Fringe show. That we'll get, I'm obsessed with how comedians pick the names for their tours. I'll tell
1: you how. I'll tell you exactly how. Yeah. It's because you have to... You, usually you do for... Edinburgh, which is August, and uh, they asked you to fill in the brochure in February. So you name it something that could mean anything by the time you've written it. Oh, it's never. It's, you're not describing something that exists. No, it's it's usually punny though, isn't it? Oh, it's punny because punny is is <laughs> is nonsensical. It, yeah. it can be absolutely. It's
0: universal angry. as well as yeah. It? it doesn't frighten anyone away. No, it? but I've had, fresh Prince of Delamere was my best one. That is, yeah. can I'll I be honest say with you. Crandall. That is Creme de la Mer. That is up there. Oh, Creme de la Mer. You're happy with Creme de la Mer? Yeah. Okay. And is it always a play on?
1: No. Well, see, I've
0: I've had had Delamere Mortal
1: because I would say Delamere, but like I've literally run out ones until I went ah first name. So the next one's called Neil by Mouth, (laughs) which I'm quite happy with.
0: (laughs) It works on at least two levels. Yeah, at least two levels. At least, and a third level if you join the that's, premium. That's all you need for a comedy <laughs> yeah. tour pun title is it two levels. You just want people to remember, that's all. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one for myself. Ed Case. That's
1: Yeah, Ed's good. And Smith, like Smith can be, there's a lot of Smiths. You can do a lot with that, I think.
0: B-b- joke Smith. Oh, you see? Is that it? That's really good. That's, that's a one level. Anyway, we'll have a think about it. any listeners who recorded history come up with a comedy tour title For me, Ed Smith. You can work with Ed or you can work with Smith or or put them both in. Radio Ed. Yeah. (laughs) Edward (laughs) Schmiserhands. All right. Neil, thanks for coming in. (laughs) We are done. Look, uh, I don't know what number podcast is going to be when we put it out, but I'm going to be straight and honest with you. Of all the guests I've had, I have invited onto the show or the podcast so far. In some cases, I'm overwrought uh, by people sending me in a list of maybe 15, 20 albums. <laughs> and people getting into a right tiz. I know where this is to going. You, to, use, to use the technical term, in a right tiz. Yes. Like secret international supers uh, pop star, sent me a list of 15. She sat down, she went through it. I'm very anxious that I went through the ones that she didn't make. You, on the other hand, are on the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> It was almost as if you were just veering towards name, rank, serial number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was my German accent was coming through. Tell me your second album! Because, holy God, Neil. <laughs> this was pulling teeth out of a turnip. It was, yeah. This was, um,
1: can I pick the first album I ever bought, which was the best of the kinks? Yeah. Maybe I'm not the right person for this show. Um, I, yeah, I just... I don't know enough about music. It's the stuff that I, when I go on quizzes, I love an old quiz and I've really? done a few recently and uh, I just dread it coming up. And I don't live the Ed Smith life of imbued with music and, you know, music on in the background and music on in the car. I listen to kind of talk stuff and I listen to um, I listen to various different um Yeah audiobooks
0: and that sort of stuff So I just kind of felt I didn't know enough But you travel up In and around And this is what I read On the internet Yes So let's just fact check that now 300,000 km I don't know where it's going with that 300,000 kilometers a year Is that around what I read you a quote? No In your car No 300, 000 cars that's three hundred thousand kilometers a I read year on the internet. That's supposedly. That was a quote from Neil Delamere. I'm sorry, Delamere. That's constantly. That's just in a car. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to perform do it in the car. So what would you do just on average? Open the boot
1: and people <laughs> would just just keep moving. Gather just drive around. by gig. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like at <laughs> the back of a flatbed truck. You know when the circus the circus comes to town and they announce the circus, <laughs> but that would just be the gig. It would just be me driving through your town, going, "This is it. Yeah, yeah. This is what what you're seeing
0: now." That's, that's all anyway, got. I, I was in a hotel room and I rang down to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Into Burt. Bur, yeah. <laughs> the second I'll, half of the I'll game. I'll be doing another lap in about <laughs>
1: 20 minutes. Um, no, I, no, oh, right. I suppose 20, 25,000 kilometres. Oh, yeah, a year. Sorry, Not I'm massively. Up up and down the country. But like, uh, people, when you meet people at, say, the Edinburgh French Festival or, say, Kilkenny or. Specifically, the American or Australian festivals. You know, when they're when they're on tour, those lads are on tour. They're properly on tour, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you meet the American lads, and you're like, uh, wh- I've just come here from the Atlanta Chuckle Hot. I'd I'd four nights
0: where I had to. B- Open for lobster American comedy club names is another thing I'm obsessed with. It's oh yeah! I just down in Arizona played the Jizz Hat. Yeah, Jizz. Oh, what a room! Oh, God, what a room! Small, but you know you can really hear it. Really, I course, yeah. love to open the Jizz Hat. They got the best specials.
1: <laughs> um, try to fish I'm yeah, here yeah, all week. Yeah, and they're genuinely on tour because they're away for three or four nights. Like you know, I'm a tour. Oh, I do nace and they get home after forty minutes. Wrong. Oh, I do. I do, uh, you know, I flow and I do. So I don't stay away. So I mean, it is driving, but it is. I have a mean. So I have a mil- life.
0: Three million miles a year. Three million miles a year. So when yeah. I suppose the point of my question is, do you listen to music in the car? No, you won't. Do you listen to. I do listen. I actually books? listen to your show when I'm coming back oh, from the, gigs. There we go. And I have tweeted
1: you a couple of times. You have fair do. Uh Because it is bang on the last time I bought any music. <laughs> that, that, that is why I am sitting there going, this guy banger after banger after oh
0: nothing. Happened Here's the brand night new one from Blur. It's It's girls and boys. Yeah, this is... Yeah, I'm in a bit of a time warp, it's fair to say. But I was just interested to hear what what you'd listen to because you do a lot of driving that it's audiobooks or it's podcasts or indeed a little bit of music.
1: A little bit of music, yeah. And oddly enough, um, I think a lot of people would say that when they're their first musical exposure is, sometimes it's their parents. It's not for me, it's really my older brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's very common. So my, I was all, almost going to pick, some, I was thinking about picking something Irish. My brother sat beside the lead singer Whi- uh, Whipping Boy for years. We, we, they went to school together. Oh right, very uh, Yeah, and um, then my other brother who really kind of actually got me into music a little bit when I was in the 1990s. So I, I've, I've kind of left it behind now. Mm. But, I have his taste of music in the first few years. So I listened to stuff, or we used to listen to stuff that was uh, 10 years before me, you know. Right. So he listened to a lot of the stunning. He listened to a lot of um, um, Tom Dunn yeah. and on that, that sort of stuff. So, you know, Parachute and...
0: Great era for music. Oh, cracker Early 90s. the Irish, Irish yeah, music. Four yeah. of us, all of that. Of us, so speaking yeah. of the 90s, let's get to your first choice yeah. in your recorded history, Mr. Neil Delamere. Yeah. It's 1997, what is it? Thinly Lee Choir Yeah. And it's Maverick A Strike. Yeah. And I listened to it on the way in again. I listened to it again this morning and the sun was out. Crackin'. Absolutely
1: fantastic. I, I've just listened to The Sun Is Shining uh, about four times on the way in and it's properly... And I love the idea of me, 1997, you're 17, you've just moved to Dublin, you're buying this album because uh, it won
0: every award. He, he won... It won everything. It was, I think there was how many singles off this? There was Sunday Shining. Yeah. Even after all, gorgeous yeah. track. It's great when we're together. Your love gets sweeter. sweeter every day. And ultra-stimulation. Yeah. Uh, and they all charted very high in the charts. Yeah. And he was never off the radio on 1997, 1998. Yeah. Vinnie Kuwait was dominating.
1: Uh, everywhere. And there was people like me moving to a new city and singing the words to songs that they had no understanding of. Yeah. But, or, I sang it on the way in today. It all comes back and I went, I have no idea what the,
0: any of this <laughs> it's is. It's this weird, kind of awfully Jamaican patois. The sun is shining, boss. Yeah, But uh, it is... I don't know where boss came I, from. I, 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 What's I'll, the next
1: lyric? It's good to foot turf on the bog. The sun is shining. There's great drying he, out.
0: He'd be the Quays now from outside Burr. Yeah. So he yes. comes from that yeah, lineage. Yeah, yeah. They were a hurling family. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's yeah. only when you get the blue ball it separates into <laughs> football uh, in the County athlete. Get the blue ball. Uh, but yeah, it's just... I I picked that because it has a load of bangers on Absolutely it. Absolutely great. And also him. because it, it, it... You know that... Proustian thing of I know it's a f- it's food when it's it's a madeleine but it's that song that brings you back to a very specific time mm. in your life I was in DCU um I was living with lads and girls who I you know I'd moved from I lived, I lived my brother first when I moved to Dublin and then this was the adventure you know we're all living in, in Ballymun RTC as we used to call it TCU before it That's became true. posh um, Was it much of a culture shock for you? COVID, um, not massively because my brothers and sisters lived here my mother was from here uh, but you know that first taste of yeah. uh, freedom God. and we and you live in a place that is just disgusting. <laughs>
0: I mean, you yeah, like, didn't mind? No, but you didn't mind. Oh, watching up with rats run across your face. Oh,
1: yeah. The, the this rats. Is so
0: Dublin. <laughs> I love it. I'm oh so God, sophisticated. <laughs> That's one of those awfully
1: ones. The rat. The rat wouldn't stay in the place. The rats left. That's how bad the place was. We used to live above a shop that was regularly robbed. Oh God. And uh, this, <laughs> it was. Um, the, the rumor was that the cops pulled up to the man one day at uh, the shopkeeper and said. Um, we've heard that you have a, a bat, a baseball bat here, and, you know, and he said, "Yeah." And he says, "You know, you, you shouldn't have a baseball bat." And they were like, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't realize I'm not allowed to have an offensive weapon." So the cops took the guards took it off him. Went out to the boot of the car and took a bigger bat out and gave it to him. And that
0: was it's like it up the it's just
1: like crocodile dick. You're going to need a, a bigger out. bat. Yeah, you should give him a hurl. Uh, yeah, well, no, he was from Dundee. He wouldn't oh, know what to do with it. God. But it was, it was just bizarre. And you know, you, uh, I suppose. You just hear that music and you're suddenly going to traffic light, traffic
0: light balls. That's right. Oh, my God. Do you remember those? I forgot those in college. Yeah. So, Green was your single. Yeah. Amber was so ambiguous. Yeah. Because Red is like, sorry, yeah. I'm taken. What yeah. was Amber about? Amber was. Happy. I'm not sure. Yeah. Did you win the county final? <laughs> That's what Amber <laughs> What is. if your boyfriend was there? Yeah. And you turn up and you go, are you wearing Amber? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. What you want is someone with seven greens. <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> that's a level of desperation that I can get on board with. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Was, I suppose it's just everything new and exciting, and also yeah, Finley Quay is from Scotland, I think. That's right. And, um, but he's singing in in you know it's it's reggae, it's
0: infused like. That was so,
1: what it's great.
0: sunshine on an album this you know there's so many great and it has brass, a lovely brass. kind of folksy reggae vibe to it and
1: then the brass section is just this really rich deep massive sound and you're kind of thinking
0: uh, I, I, that was probably my first exposure to that song. he's a bit of a Nepo baby Finley Quay actually and I hadn't realised this until recently he's the son of a composer called Cab K very well known apparently okay. he's half brother of Elton John's guitarist no Caleb Quay and apparently, and I, remember, I remember this rumour around 97, 98. He's Tricky's uncle. Unc- Tricky would have been the trip-hop king at the time. I remember that. And that he's finique's nephew. Yeah. So he's well-connected.
1: Well-connected. And it just... I do think that that's one of the th- nice things about music is that it can bring you to a different world where, like, you've nothing in common with him, really. Mm. Uh, uh, your background, growing up with his background. And yet, it, you he puts out a good enough song with catchy enough that's lyrics exactly and a rich enough though. sound and you are singing words you've no idea in a nightclub in Nottingham yeah. uh, trying to attract the attention <laughs> of a girl who invited you there.
0: It is... She's got a red light, though. She, she's got... I don't know what, even your... you yeah. always chase the red lights. No, we found, we found when
1: I was young, when we went to, to the UK... Um, more green lights. <laughs> oh, it's a bit of a just a different traffic yeah, just, system there. Yeah, just yeah, green, just green lights. Yeah, no, no, not not just green lights, but uh, but yeah, more more green lights. And of course, UK very, traffic very, uh,
0: convenient for pedestrians. It was yeah. sexual <laughs> <Yeah>. pedestrians. <laughs> it was a handy. I see, yeah. sexual pedestrians is the name of your red. That's why, yeah, yeah, pedestrians. So, what was um, it like growing up in from um, Your memories.
1: My, I really enjoyed. it. My dad used to work for Borden and, Mona, mm. and um I remember asking him about why why we lived there, and you know. And why are we here? <laughs> yeah, I said, why are we here? He thought, less a philosophical question. and went, here specifically, it's because it's equidistant from all the board and the motor installations that I might be transferred yes. to, mm. which was the real reason. Yeah, wow, okay. So, uh, an accident of birth. I really liked it. I mean... It's, you in the town itself or just outside? In the town itself, oh, but yeah. But it's, you know, it's, I think it was the upbringing of most of those uh, small towns in Ireland. Um, went to local secondary school tried everything, tried Gaelic football, not great Yeah. Uh, ended up doing <laughs> doing that thing that people do if they like sport but work their way through all the possible options so if you like football hurling mm. uh, rugby so what you end up doing is like individual sports like karate <laughs> in the midlands <laughs> in the 90s God handy for the nightclubs I could be I could be Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, swimming and that sort of stuff so yeah I really liked it and it was my mum was a was a, a homemaker my yeah. dad used to work for board pneumonia. I mean I suppose the 80s there's probably a recession but you're too young to notice that and now
0: also your dad is in a se- semi-state so it's probably fair enough there and speaking of your dad he's he was a big inf- he was a he's a very friendly man by all kinds of real character
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and that's maybe you picked up a lot of yeah, of he's, he's kind of-
1: he still says people ask what's the tour about every year, and the tour is about something different every year. But every single year, my father says something weird enough, inappropriate enough, or genuinely funny enough to get into the show. So he has done some. One of my favorites. We were at a <laughs> we were at a funeral once, and he's in his eighties now, and um, he's sitting about halfway down the church, and. Uh, the Eucharistic minister walked off the altar to hand communion back down at the back of the church and I said to him you're going to go back down the back and he went well it's too far and I said you're going to go up to the front and he said well that's too far as well and I said what are you going to do and all he did was just lean out of the pew (laughs) and open his mouth like a dog looking out a car window and then just pointed uh, that is Hatching where you should deliver it. And you, yeah, your woman just didn't even break stride. <laughs> she horsed it in. Fair like, you. know, like a collie on a ad. Yeah. Or a collie on... Slow or, motion. Yeah, slow. It was amazing. And there's an element of you get to a certain age and you just don't care at all. So he's always done stuff like that. I found him ripping his name and, and address off letters once. This is years ago he was throwing out. And I said, fair play to you. You're in your 70s at that point. And you still know all about identity theft. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm using somebody else's bin and I don't want him to oh, know,
0: who know. is. <laughs> and you're going, straight in the show. Yeah. Write that down. So have you gotten a lot of material out uh, of uh, your dad over the years?
1: Yeah, end? but he what he does is he, like I remember once we did, <laughs> I had this show that was entirely about the last day that he ever delivered the Meals on Wheels. Oh. So he used to deliver the Meals on Wheels to people around Eden Dairy, And I, I went with him on the last day and he went, I'm just getting kind of too old for this. I don't want to do it anymore. He was delivering Meals on Wheels to people who were considerably younger than him. Right. and uh, But then, so shows very, very rarely, I know we're getting off topic no, here, no, but no. shows very rarely... Um, Come not come to you fully formed but you have an idea while it's happening in real time that this is going to be something this is what happened on this day I went wow I'm driving around my hometown with my dad it's the last day that he's going to do something and we're passing the school I we went to we're passing the swimming swimming pool I swimming. to swim in you know we're passing it's the... like a right trip around I mean that is yeah it's perfectly that is an Edinburgh for show yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a show so um. So uh, that was the one time. That was called Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Pensioner. That's what that was called. And I was very happy with that. Very funny. But at the start of that show, I said to him, I had this just kind of, I was setting up the scene about him and him. He smokes a pipe, you know, and even though it burns holes in his trousers entirely and like you'll chat to him and then you'll turn around and it's just an 80 year old man in fishnet tights who doesn't care, right? And I said to him, it'd be very funny if mm-hmm. we took a picture of you with your pipe and your jacket and your cap, uh, But then in fishnet tights, would you be up for that? And he went hundred percent. So I did this, wow. and uh, he's a fine pair of pins in him. And then at the end, I remember doing Vicker Street, and at the end. This is the end image. I said, you'd think that all this stuff was made up. And I would have pictures to demonstrate that all the stuff happened. And one of the last pictures was him in fishnet tights. And my God, the reaction of a thousand people. Was he there for it? Uh, he was there for oh it one night God. in Victor Street. And he's, he hasn't seen me that often. And they gave him a standing ovation. And uh, he was absolutely loving the attention. What
0: a lovely moment for him. Yeah. Uh, was there an element of gambling? Because uh, one of my f- the stories I read that you tell... It was 1990, and you found yourself in a very fancy hotel. Yeah. And your dad obviously had brought you to the fancy hotel. The five-star hotel, yeah. And you were like, again... Dad, wh- why are we
1: here? Are we- <laughs> and he went because West Germany has just won the World Cup. And he and seven to one was it? That- <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. He'd a good few bob on Jurgen Klinsmann, et al and we'd never been to a five star hotel before. Yeah, she splashed out in the family. Absolutely. No, he's he's a, he's definitely a massive influence. Um, and so was my mum as well. She she was m- less kind of she was very outgoing, but she'd be less in that kind of traditional, ebullient. But she used to do stuff for uh, like she used to do Maureen Potter skits and used to dress up and learn all the skits and do all that for to, to raise money for for uh, for various charities um, around, but like she was a, like a powerhouse of that Irish woman who moved away from Dublin when people didn't really do that. And well, a few people did, I suppose, in the opposite way. They moved away in the sixties. Had to give up the job because yeah, civil, civil service. service. Yep. And
0: uh, outrageously think about it now, isn't it? Yeah,
1: but not only like even if you were mis- if you were a massive misogynist, even if you were massively misogynistic, surely you would think if you were in government at the time. Well, we're getting rid of half the workforce. M- maybe I can park that for economic viability. But, no. yeah, they all had to give up the job until, I think, 72. It was quite late. Um, but she went down and then, she's no longer with us, but... Uh, was the lady captain of the golf club was in the bridge club, set up the Citizens Advice Bureau, set up laundry for me, uh, for older people that do would I she la- thought you said laundry. L- l- that came later. That was that was your That dad. came later. <laughs> <laughs> you listen I'm with
0: the local. You're married
1: laundry, for fifty Lions years. <laughs> yeah, to keep things spicy. Set up um the meals and wheels for older people. Yeah. So very active set in up the community Eden Dairy yeah. festival. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely massively uh active in the
0: community and um yeah, they were huge influence. And then, not to generalise, but to my mind, sometimes this is the case that mm. comedians, the the kind of the origin story for comedians. Yeah, I was bitten by a radioactive <laughs> Frank Carson was radioactive, and he came and he
1: bit me <clears> throat> in throat> the <throat> eighties. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, so, either the, as a child, sometimes the comedians I, I have known and met mm. very quiet, introverted children, okay. who comedy became. An Outlet for them to kind of express themselves, maybe to take them out of their own okay. shell, yeah. And they could maybe assume a different character, and that was a great way for them to, yeah. No, or okay. class, class clown, always, you know, bingo. always quick with the job as you, bingo, okay, right,
1: yeah. Um, I was, yeah, class clown, but class clown to the extent where I would say enough to not get in trouble because <laughs> I just thought there's no Clever. point, yeah, there's no point in me, you know, getting the first two cracks in and then going the third crack, it's a uh, it's absolutely brilliant, but I'm going to be in detention for however long so you so there's held, no point you held off just for yeah. self-preservation and also I was good at school so if you do a silly remark but it's also evident that your own work isn't being effective by it and hopefully you're not too disruptive I think they'll kind of you know, at Levin's things in the classroom, I don't think they're overly upset by that sort
0: of stuff. You know, the and then nature, your father you know? being very funny at home as well, so there's a lot yeah, of comedy there. Yeah,
1: he, yeah. Um, he just liked stories. He used to he used to work on a waybridge, so there'd be lads coming in, like uh, truck drivers coming in from all over the place and people coming in to get briquettes and uh, people coming in with deliveries and just that sort of, I hate the word banter, but yeah. it, it is that sort of Bonamy... And meeting people and chatting to people and I'm surprised he's not top of the list, to be honest with you and people from Eden yeah. It's because he's not from Eden Derry, possibly. But um yeah, it's very social sort of a human, I think, you know? Yeah,
0: because I saw a lot of similarities between our own upbringing. I grew up in rural part of North Cork and my father ran a pub. Yeah. But to this day, the most naturally gifted comedian uh, I've ever met. I'm not biased obviously, but he was yeah. just naturally a very Funny man. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of jokes. He just thrived and lit up. It was a tough life. Yeah. Being a rural pub- publican. Yeah. Seven long days, hours. Long seven days a week. You got two days off a year. Yeah. And he, even on those two days that you were allowed legally on Good Friday and Christmas Day, there'd be a rap at the door. Somebody looking for booze. Yeah, you're going, so we leave can, him alone. We used to have to hide under the sofa. Yeah. Close the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like making me, are you inside? Yeah. We're having f- What's yeah. called family time? <laughs> Any chance of a, anyway?
1: Was he ever tempted to go ultra Christian to protect those two days? We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are practicing our faith. Go, go full out.
0: the full Enoch, I think it's called. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, no, but my point no, is, no. Well, is then that he'd be outside <laughs> at, the, at the door, constantly, <laughs> I mean, over I mean, and over. Imagine over again. Enoch
0: just coming to your pub door every day, not coming in. <laughs> no, just looking in use the window. The coat rack. <laughs> Hang your hats on him. There's people in
1: there having crack. Huh? Jesus hates crack.
0: Uh, but he, he used, his humour was so, I suppose, influential on me that I would use humour then as a way to kind of connect with people. Connect with him. I think that's particularly, what I re- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I very would, interesting. I would watch a load of comedies if there was a comedian on telly. I'd run into the bar when it was busy. It was like a lunatic. I was so needy, I suppose. But I'd get him out. Dad, there's a, there's a really funny comedian on. We'd we go in and watch him. There'd be like 50 lads in the bar begging for pints. And he'd come in and he stand there with me, and he wow, no, he wouldn't find it funny because it'd be kind of a, a different a, a new wave of what
1: age? What age uh,
0: did he have you at?
1: What, what uh, how...
0: so he would have been early to mid thirties,
1: right? Okay, yeah, because my parents are older than that and had me quite late, so I do think that we would, we there's certain people we would like, but oh, there was no crossover. There's very little crossover. Mm. So, my, like, my dad's born 1935. If you think yeah. about it, you know, so um, he was Hal Roach, kind of. Well, we th- we went to see Neil Tobin when was one of the first things I ever saw mm. and I was about 16 when I saw Neil Tobin and I saw him in the uni- probably university concert Was that a show uh, in, of his own or was it the Brendan Bean uh, No it was a show of his own yeah, yeah. and sometimes there's a kind of a snobbishness from certain generations of comedians to other generations of comedians and what I would say to anybody who's starting out is that just because you don't do the same thing that they do doesn't mean they know what, they don't know what they're doing he really knew what he was doing, yeah. and even at sixteen or seventeen, nine. Constant performer. Yeah. Like, the, like, say some of the so, some of the guys who maybe do stuff that they wouldn't have written themselves. I'm not saying Neil Tobin, but there's a generation of other lads who didn't write the stuff themselves, and Bob like, never wrote uh, Roy Walker, or yeah, like yeah. this, who I've met a couple of times, uh, and he has presented a couple of things that we were on. But you watch him, and you go, okay. So I wouldn't say cover the same topics as him and we all have to write our own stuff uh, in our way. Look at the way he moves. Look at the rhythm. Look at the timing. Yeah. Look at the uh, how he controls the stage. And if you can't learn from that, you're an idiot. Well, you I, don't
0: really love... Well, Bob Monkhouse to me would have been a comedy hero of mine. Now, people would have uh, accused of being a little, how would I say, disingenuous. Yeah. But if you look at the craft, yeah. the timing... And he wrote the stuff though. He, but he had thousands of books yeah. that he lost.
1: And they them. were stolen then, were yeah. Stolen, yeah. But he, when he came back towards the end, there's a BBC documentary about him, you've probably seen
0: it. Just before he passed Just
1: away. before he passed away, he felt that he that he wasn't getting the credit, actually, as, as a writer and uh, as a com- comic because he went into game shows and they thought that he was, uh, he, he thought that people thought that he was just this light entertainment guy where actually he could do the craft and he wrote all those jokes. And that famous one, which he was never credited for in... I think it's the Joker, isn't it? Where he goes, you know, I wanted to be a comedian and they all laughed at me. Well, they're not laughing now. That was his joke and they didn't credit him for that. But, you know, he could 100% do it.
0: Yeah. And I just, you know, uh, before we get too far down the road, I suppose, because I'm absolutely obsessed with comedy. So, but we'll get to your career. I mean, any comedian that that, that does television as well is to be disregarded. we That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> we'll get to your television career very shortly. No, but we're going to get to your second choice, Neil, in your recorded history. Yeah. If you can remember, this is the second message you sent me four days after the first. Right. So, uh, this is the second <laughs> drop of blood that fell from your Dead musical turn. Yeah. Uh, so, we're still in the 90s. It's what? It's... What's the story more, Yes, pretty. I thought I would be willfully mainstream... And not care. I, you know who else chose this? The smartest man in television and radio also chose this album, Mr. Gavin Riley. Uh, really? Yes. Yeah, Here he's a, a massive
1: Oasis fan Huge. as well, isn't he? Um, it's the one where if they got back together... I mean I would love to see the crowd, but it would be me and Gavin Riley and people Just who look like me and Gavin crying Riley. yeah
0: <laughs> Riley on my shoulders weeping in a me the Napoli jersey <laughs> Wait, this
1: is this is the, the best day ever lives. brown life.
0: shoes and the jeans on <laughs> <laughs> Proper, yeah.
1: Riley's like, this is better than like when the person hasn't gotten in in the fifth
0: count. This is amazing. Oh my god, they're going to have to the stats on this alone.
1: <laughs> um, I, again, I picked something where I was in an extra vision. <laughs> Okay, I was seen an extra vision in the nineteen nineties. I was fourteen or whatever age yeah, it was, yeah. thirteen or fourteen. And Wonderwall was on the mm.
0: sound system. I can uh, still smell extra vision to this. Day. <laughs> as I was sweat popcorn and mild disappointment. Uh, mild disappointed. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. extra
1: vision! What yeah, a oh, duty free purchase that mm. would be. Um and. Now I know Wonderwall has destroyed a million parties. It's still a good song with a random fellow playing it on yeah, yeah. it. But why do so many people play it? Because it's easy, it right? has something, yeah. and it yeah. is easy and instantly instantly recognisable. They they just had this. Didn't give a shit Mancunian attitude uh, That if you're a teenage boy Looking for your place In the world And your mates Suddenly like this And you go There was nothing like that Oh my god Who are these two lads Who do not care And also Absolute banger after banger Like that album I actually usually I don't When I listen to it still uh, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I don't, I don't really listen to it. Roll with it is, is the so, second song, so I don't listen yeah. to that, but I go Wonderwall. Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger. Th- which is a great song. Great song. One their best. Some might say, She's might, Electric. Yeah. yeah, Morning Glory. Morning Glory. Finishes
0: with Champagne Champagne over. Come on. Yeah, yeah an absolute... Biggest selling album in the UK of the 90s. Was it?
1: Uh, but in Ireland, with the other one which you got basically, which was mandatory, Garage used to stop you at checkpoints and give you White Ladder with David Gray. Yeah, yeah that was it. Uh, so yeah. it was, I had to pick one of the two of them <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've always liked David Gray in that I, I, I love the idea generally of being massive in a place you're not from. I just
0: think it's really... Who else? Was, was, this is maybe your... Correct me here, Chris Rhea. For some reason, I have in my head. Did he live here or something? And then de Berg was massive here.
1: de Berg lived here. Yeah, Roseanne yeah. Davidson. obviously. Yeah, yeah. The, and then uh, they daughter. were kind of
0: bigger here than they were. Yeah. And then we, the ones that were big in Turkey, like Johnny well, Logan. I did a gig. And once. Linda Martin. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> I did a gig once
1: in Copenhagen. Uh, did a week in Copenhagen. It was great crack. And you expect certain heckles as an Irish person abroad, like yeah, you know, Guinness or yeah, potatoes. And did a gig and there was a, uh, I did a setup and there was a moment of pause and the guy stood up in Copenhagen and went,
0: Johnny Logan <laughs> like, like <laughs> genuinely and the audience was it Johnny Wah! Logan himself? <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was a white suit. But just kind of glistening in the in the in the lights. Yeah, I say he stood up, a podium rose from the back of the <laughs> comedy zoo. A, where did the wind machine come from? It
1: Copenhagen, yeah. <laughs> Who brought the wind machine? And because uh, he was massive there, and Andrew Strong was massive there from the, in in the Denmark. Commitments and did I think Big Brother or something? The lads are telling me oh
0: when God. I was there. But um, so Oasis that so ninety six, you're sixteen, seventeen then, right slap bang when you need to yeah, get Oasis, 15, 16, yeah. yeah, and they're just like,
1: yeah. And I'd, ne- I'd never saw them. Uh, you know, we we went to a few bits and pieces. Went to U two. Went to, YouTube, went to see Fun and Criminals. Went to see, you know, but never saw Oasis. And uh, would love to go and see them. I wonder will they come uh, back? I think. What was the nightclub in Eden Derry then? The nightclub went under many different names. Oh, right. um, it was called the Huntsman when my brothers and sisters were going to it. It was called Copper Beach at some point. Same place. It was called Maniaz. I don't know what that
0: means. It was called the Cage towards the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with country nightclub names yeah. of the 90s there Yeah, was, I remember in uh, Athlone there was Bozos Yeah, and then around the corner there was Ginkles Right
1: All of these
0: and would like, make good Netflix documentary names <laughs> I always think The Cage yeah, yeah, Ginkles yeah. Kind of a like, uh, true crime Yeah, yeah There's yeah. A kind of a serial killer vibe to all that But So music then in, in your teens was you know standard fare like your David Grey yeah, yeah, like your oasis. Remember- we, we all had those, had those out. Being at parties and, and and standing on the
1: side with your friends and all the girls over the other side, uh, before traffic lights. Did we, you ever play an instrument yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> when my friends, my friends had a band when we were about eleven or twelve, right. and I couldn't play anything, and I wanted to get involved, and I said, "I'll be
0: your manager." <laughs> Same thing happened to me. Yeah, so when you were twelve, like what were you twelve now? We were sixteen, and I get you all the confirmations you want, my friend. I'll give you, I'll give you some sherbert. No, literally, it's sherbert. But at the seventeen, the Synoptic Gospels is the name. Someone ran their finger through the Bible, yeah, and came across the Synoptic Gospels. And because I had a suit Mm. and spoke with a mildly, not understandable, mildly posh by North Cork standards accent, mm. I was designated the manager. So I just have to wear the suit <laughs> and stand beside them. What age were you? I was about 16. Yeah, okay. that's. I had glasses as well. That's six, slightly so that, better. That than, was, I was qualified. Than 12. Yeah, 12. What the hell? What was like, going to happen? I think
1: they got a gig in like the end, last day of school, in that primary school. Us, yeah. And I was sitting there going... <laughs> <laughs> like what uh kitty, these kids are gonna be massive. I'm sitting there with a with my confirmation <laughs> suit and you know one of those fake cigarettes that was candy. <laughs> yeah. These kids are gonna be huge. You better sign them up now. Free car. Who do you think this is? RTE <laughs> 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 I
0: can just see you the pinstripes. <laughs> <laughs> and a true but yeah. Yeah.
1: Get in what? the band.
0: You want a lead singer
1: to fight Tommy Fury? I can make it happen. He's twelve, but he can put on some poundage. He's Wait, doing a YouTube. lot. Of... You would
0: have heard of it, but YouTube. I,
1: I make him run. Make him run to the gigs. He's doing a lot of roadwork. <laughs> yeah, because apparently I was the bad guy,
0: or sorry, the driver bad from God heart man. to heart. Your manager getaway driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I they think... get
1: together, it's murder. <laughs> it's murder.
0: So look, before you—that's <laughs> your next show. Your 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 career in music. Mm. Uh... So you left school. You studied. you Obviously, did well enough. Did again, the, could have
1: done. could have done anything. Actually, yeah, yeah. So point's enough to do nearly anything except pharmacy.
0: I think. I was, was. The, so six hundred similar points. enough to actually, my class when we finished up. I think twenty five to thirty percent did computer science. Really? Yeah. Well, I did it I, I, because my brother uh, one, had done one did pharmacy, and he was
1: the. My brother had done it. it. Yeah. That's why I did it, and. Uh, uh, th- there you go there's a difference in a generation my father told me that there was 15 people in his Lebenser class and 5 of them became priests really so 1953 so uh, you say a lot of people became computer programmers that's the difference that in, it, yeah. in 50 years yeah I did computer applications because my brother had done it and um, I knew I would get a job in it and I knew as a placeholder I had no idea what I wanted to do
0: and was comedy even a part of your life no I loved comedy loved Cheers,
1: yeah, loved, cheers. Um, loved Blackadder did recently did The Chase, The Celebrity Chase with Helen Ledra from Blackadder. And I was like, oh my God, your this is amazing. There, yeah. um, loved all that. Loved Fry and Laurie. Mainly kind of English ones. Loved MASH as well, actually. I know that's American, but mainly kind of more influenced by the English ones. But never even never thought of it as a... If you grew Had up... anyone said it to you, one of your friends? Oh, no. Oh, you're a bit... Yeah, no, but ever, like it's Ireland. Loads right. of people are a bit of crack mm. uh, and reasonably sharp. And, you know, that's what this existence in this country is largely speaking like a lot of the time when you have a professional comic you know they have two or three friends who are at least as funny in a conversation as them they'll often say it and, and a lot of the time a lot of the time their need to be funny is sated by being on stage so actually if they become reasonably successful they are not less funny but maybe don't feel the need to perform in real life you know so um, I I If you grew up in a place that has no theatre or no comedy club or anything like that, and it's pre-YouTube, how would you even know that this exists as a career? And when I went to DCU, one of my first gigs I ever saw was Dara O'Brien, Deirdre O'Kane, Dara was closing, Deirdre was opening, and Eddie Bannon was uh, the MC. And I sat on the floor of Frodo's, which is the bar in DCU, uh, because it was rammed. Again, another terrible name. Terrible name, and they were amazing. The, the three so of was that a 80. kind of a lightning moment? That for was you? like a whoo, okay. Yeah, okay. And then at the same time, on the BBC was a show called Stand Up Show, and it was late at night, and Ardle Hanlon was the host of it, and Tommy Tiernan was the host of it. So suddenly you have
0: guys who are Irish mm-hmm. who are from the country and So Ireland. there was Ed Byrne was knocking around. Was he Yeah. So it was a really fruitful I mean if like Dylan Moran obviously. Yeah. La- yeah. Ardle. Uh, Dara was coming yeah. through with this. Thing. Dara was a little bit later. Yeah. But these are
1: lads who sound like you went, you know, Monaghan and me. And you're like, mm, kind of interesting. So it all came together at once. You saw it live and then you went, oh, what people do this? In, like, actually, people do this. So, I, but all I wanted to do was just do it once and I went into the international just
0: to do it once. That was it. I just wanted to do it once. Was that with the open mic?
1: Yeah, you go in and you do yeah. kind of 10 minutes
0: and you just, you just, do you, remember you actually that, do five minutes. Do you remember that early material, that first couple
1: of jokes. Uh, I, I have a vague idea, but I remember it being terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And I remember it being me learning it back to front. Off my uh, heart. Yeah, so like anything could have happened. Like there could have been a terrorist
0: attack and I would have finished You it. would have kept I would have going. Was, I would have kept going, yeah. The early days, that's 2004 or Yeah, so? no, it's even before then. Oh, is that, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you made the break into it full time. Around 2004 was a big year. I was you went to Edinburgh. Was doing it. D- Edinburgh panel. Yeah.
1: Um. The uh, did the jo- just for laughs festival for the first time. Yeah. The panel had been on for a year, and they were looking for people as as well to do to do it. So, I haven't seen Dara in probably in college. So in 2000 and 2004, I was sitting beside him on a panel show, which is kind of bizarre. Really. Actually, that
0: brings us rather conveniently Yeah Doesn't it? Yeah To our third entry into your recorded history
1: Yeah Stone Roses Waterfall. and I picked Waterfall Yeah, One of the reasons because, because again it's one of those songs that anytime you hear it you are in a very specific place and I am it was a theme tune to the panel it was yeah. one of the reasons that Colin Murphy um, did it he said because he said oh it's a cool theme tune I know the lads are going to do it and um, uh, I I hear it and I am sitting there on the first episode I did I'm suddenly transported and I'm looking across at Ed Byrne Dara Breen um, Andrew Maxwell and combined they have 45 or 50 years experience and I'm doing a. F-
0: this is your first so four you, years just to give something. us a little you'd been touring up and down the country N- not you'd, not even touring I, you just, know tours weren't as established then gigs gigs yep. gigging yeah and then you have done Edinburgh I did Edinburgh that and year and you'd yeah. done Montreal just Montreal. for laughs, had Montreal. you done Cat Laughs um, yeah, I would have yep. done Last okay. at that stage. Yeah. So, you're an up-and-coming comedian. Yeah. Was this your first then foray into television?
1: Um, I mean, I had done. I had won an award on on, on the Late Late Show actually. Housewife of the year. House, <laughs> uh, Caller, housewife of the year. <laughs> they were getting much more open-minded they by the were, time yeah, we came
0: good. to do it. it was the last year of it though. It was last <laughs> last,
1: I'm the reigning champion. That's the way I would say it. Uh, <laughs> <Your> <laughs> undefeated is how I would describe it.
0: Your father's legs.
1: Um uh, so but yeah it was the re- it was the first like it was weird because it was a golden age of of opportunity I think. Now what's great now is that there's loads of stuff on YouTube and there's you know you can use the socials but there was a moment there kind of and I really think it coincides with the boom actually. I think there was a lot of money in the country. I thought I think there was a degree of confidence, overconfidence in certain sectors. But Des Bishop started making TV shows then and became a household name. Nick Camera was on and made PG and Maeve Higgins household names. Um uh, and Pat Macdonald um, then there was there was the panel and that broke Maxwell and Ed Byrne back in Ireland again it broke Dara it broke Colin Murphy it broke me it broke Mairead you know yeah.
0: so you know, and, that, and that went away for a while after the the kind of crash if you know what I mean It was, it was such an enjoyable and important show I think it was nothing had been on RT like no. it was kind of very sophisticated First year was live by the way Yeah in the Helix yeah, look, I didn't do that year, but that uh, yeah. that is terrifying. And if you think about it now, now the the history of the panel is kind of convoluted in so much as it ran for a couple of years then it was was it moved then it was moved to to RT1. And then yeah. There was, there was a couple, there was a time then there were different presenters every week and then Craig Doyle did it for yeah, a Yeah. Who did a great job did actually. A great job, yeah. um, and then Arlo Hanlon was supposed to do it.
1: Well, there was various different people who did it at different times and it didn't It actually didn't dip, which is interesting because it became – it became a staple and uh, Dara left out for a few years and once it had survived that well then it could have survived forever and Greg Doyle was very 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 good he really had chops as a presenter and knew enough to know that he uh, if he threw in a good line every so often it would be hugely impactful but uh, m- his main role was to facilitate things he was so clever with that and he used to let Maxwell slag him about Maxwell used to do this character about being his yes sir yes and he used to pretend to be his butler yes <laughs> if, if he said anything remotely posh outside oh, I, Dublin yeah, yeah. Max so he's go very for, generous
0: in that way. Go for
1: yeah, and hasn't he, aged a day. Have you seen? He is unbelievable. It's yeah, he makes Paul Rudd look like Len Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. He's the late Len Goodman. The late will, yeah uh, yeah, uh, and so he was very good. But it was it was any time I hear the, the theme tune, still
0: it 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 brings me back because Stone Roses. I remember that I hear "Love Spreads" by the Stone Roses, and that was when the last word started. Yeah and I am instantly it's like when the moment you're talking about it, I, to bring it back to Pixar as I so often do Ratatouille yeah when the the, the restaurant critic tastes his soup yep. with, and he's been very kind of oh god he tastes the soup and there's an amazing little sequence where yeah he's back in his little village with yep. his mother and his grandmother and it's like so when you hear waterfall you're back in that studio but there was a moment on the very first
1: Panel and the first that you know the jokes are going well and you're like okay I can, I can do this and then Miriam McCallaghan comes out and you remember you're 24 25 and you're kind of compared to those grizzled veterans you're the young and the cute one
0: you, you know no, some you with. no
1: beard then no beard then yeah. and um somebody says she, she she I think she had eight eight children yeah and I said to her I remember I remember lying going you've been you have been pregnant longer than my not limbs bonus <laughs> <laughs> right. And be- he said it to her face. Said it to her face, nice. but because it was true and because because you're young and inexperienced and kind of mildly naive and because she's very generous, she just goes for it. Every else goes for it. And the part of you goes, oh God, there might be something in this. Right. Might be
0: invited back. So that opened up television to, I have so much to talk to you and we've only got a short amount of time, but I want to speak to you, obviously, trying to get the balance between your stand-up mm. side of your career which feeds into your television, which yeah. feeds back into your standard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. so trying to try get that balance between right, I better do a bit of telly, and on the back of that, tour, a bit of a tour. Mm. On the back of that tour, let's do so. So that's the strategy side of things. Is that something that you've honed over the years, or is, is I if mean, someone rings? Can can you have a strategy really when when the outlets
1: in Ireland aren't, aren't as varied as they would be in the UK? I mean, I think you could probably you know, plan a ladder. In like, I certainly knew guys who was in, We I would have a UK agent and you would chat to them and they would go, well, I was, what would they would do is I would do Apollo and then I'd do live with the Apollo yeah. and then I would try and get a guest spot on this. And then I would, so they, there's a ladder there in a bigger environment. Whereas here it's, it was, if, you know, get on the, get on the panel <laughs>
0: Get nationwide.
1: Do, do, do it Nationwide. Do it as well as you can. Yeah, and then yeah, it's a lot depending more, on what... It's, it's even more limited now, I would imagine. It's even more limited now. But the good thing is, is you put your stuff online and, yeah. you know. Um, I always... People used to ask you the question of which would you prefer to do, live or, or telly? And it was always live because the telly fed the live. but there's nothing that match, yeah. matches that sort of instant, instantaneous
0: hit of connection mm-hmm. with an audience, you know. And speaking of... I suppose maybe in the Mount Rushmore of your career, winning Celebrity Mastermind, <laughs> yes. has to be up there. It's I was I watched it this it was, morning. Yeah. Can I just say, Neil? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, the whole thing is set up, isn't it? It's a very intimidating, the the very dark studio. Yeah. It's an interrogation with the chair and the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come out like Jason Bourne, <laughs> sitting down, cool as a breeze. Yeah. I'm doing Vikings. Yeah, go on, and I think you even say something cold as ice. Go, I better get one round to give the rest of them a chance. No, I
1: did not say that. I mean, I mean, I should have said that. And he that. turns
0: around and he just slowly moves the chair, the famous chair, with his fingers in the air, back and forth, waving yeah. his fingers like a flag. Yeah. Well, no, no. Give it the what actually happened was I combined
1: both the the voice and mastermind, so I did a full yeah, yeah turn yeah yeah.
0: yeah, with, yeah. Uh, holding my two fingers up to everybody nice and at the end then you made the wanker gesture so, which was yeah. I, I felt a nice little classy touch yeah, yeah. well uh, congratulations I congratulations. got 9 out of 10
1: the winner of The Apprentice was on it and she got 10 out of 11 I was raging that she got an extra question and I was like if we go into the general knowledge round and she beats me by one this place has been burned down <laughs> this place are
0: you competitive is then being burned when it comes to nerdy
1: stuff I'm competitive if I think I have a chance oh. um and then we went into the second round with the general knowledge thing and it was it was okay I yeah. pulled away
0: you absolutely killed it
1: but it's not as it's not yeah what's very interesting is you adrenaline starts to pump mm. and you don't hear the questions a lot of the time you almost hear two or three words in the questions and they're guessing and if it goes right you and the one you got wrong do you wake up in the middle of the night no I don't Trondheim (laughs) Trondheim am you no um, but I did another one recently so I've done the chase celebrity chase and I've done um, Beat the Chasers wow now Beat the Chasers that's tough it is tough. And all I'll say to you Oh, is it's filmed, is it? You can't say It's it. filmed. You know, if you get into a, a, a tricky run there, it can be tricky.
0: And Speaking of the, the diversification, mm. there I got through it, of your career, you've got your own podcast with, I would say, one of the most difficult and <laughs> obnoxious characters, not just on radio, I yeah. think... Generation generationally in media, Mr. Yeah. Dave Moore. How do you, Dave? Even... Dave Moore, Dave the Diva Moore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's like a mixture between
1: Mariah Carey and DJ Carey, uh, uh, DJ <laughs> Carey, and actually I haven't seen the money yet. Actually, no mm. point. And um, and Adolf Hitler. That's how I would
0: describe. That it. is ex- a perfect, a perfect description. Adolf Carey. It's, it's called. Why would you tell me that? Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't heard it, it is so interesting and so funny. So, yeah, how would you describe it? I would describe
1: it. Uh, I've always wanted to work with him, and um, we wrote a sitcom pilot together. Mm. Believe it or not, really? Uh, yeah, and it was it was commissioned to, to write this script. A monstrous
0: radio presenter <laughs> teams up with a handsome, <laughs> smart comedian who who <laughs> who goes back to his management days.
1: Yeah, you're to be You're gonna be your <laughs> you gotta lose. You're got to lose the demo guy. This is all about you, my friend. You, 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 what you. What about Dave and Dave? <laughs> yeah. What about Dave? What about Dave squared? Dave times Dave. All your Dave needs. That's what I want. www.dave.com. What about a TV channel? It's already been done. What about them?
0: Oh, More uh, Dave. Dave more.
1: <laughs> uh, he is... But he really makes me laugh. Yeah. He's a very, very bright man. Sweet, smart, funny man. Yeah. Um, so when that didn't kind of work, that wasn't picked up, we said, what else do we want to do? And we both kind of tell each other random stuff when we meet. He said, "But why don't we do something around that? So basically the podcast is one or other of us each time uh, researches a couple of facts and then brings this expert in the second half that will tell us something incredible. Brilliant. And we're kind of wowing the other person. Mm. So stuff we have done Paul McClune was on the show, for yeah. example. Paul McLoon, who today FM listeners would know, also the lead singer of The Undertones. Paul McClune used to do the voice mm-hmm. of Sinn Finn right. uh, when they weren't allowed to be on or the something. air. Yeah. yeah. So he was doing the voice of Jerry Adams and Mark McGuinness it's when amazing. it wasn't allowed. So surreal. And a man that we knew and yeah, the stories he only mentioned he has, it recently. Yeah. So we had we had him on, we have we had a, a geographer who explained why the maps that you saw in school
0: was wrong. Yeah. Because it's based on a projection from the 1500s and it stretches. It's such perfect fodder for pub yeah. boars like myself. Yeah. Listen to the podcast. Mm. Claim the facts as your own. Exactly. You, know, as you never guess what would happen up in Northern Ireland with the maps. No, wait, I've got it wrong. That's Paul <laughs> McClune used to draw countries.
1: Paul McLoon For Jerry
0: Adams. And yeah. apparently... That's where Northern Ireland came from. Well, that's quite drawing a map for Jerry Adams is quite easy. I would have said it's it's got thirty-two counties. (laughs) There's no delineations whatsoever. (laughs) It's just a circle. Get it in the right place. It's in the shape of a shamrock. Yeah, Neil Delamere, I hope that was okay for you because I know you're a little. Absolutely. How would we say? Trepidations about coming on. Yeah. We got through it. You yes. were great. We got it. What better review can anybody give anybody? We got yes? through it. We got through it. And I meant to say, no, that was really, really brilliant. But I have to ask the question as a standard issue for this podcast if you, you can only pick one of your musical choices to go with you in your 300,000 kilometer journey around <laughs> Ireland,
1: <laughs> um, I would pick The Oasis. I pick pick What's the Story Morning Glory
0: but I want a couple of singles from
1: them as well I want the master plan and I want Talk Tonight as well I want kind of something a little bit gentler as well and that's the full the full gamut
0: Good choice Neil Delamere thank you so much for coming on Recorded History and sharing yours with us It's been a pleasure Yeah we did more than get through it in fairness (laughs) One of my favourite episodes yet I know I say that a lot but I have to say an absolute hilarious joy talking to Mr. Neil Delamere and we got his albums out Three Great Choices Eventually. And thanks again to Neil for coming in, a very, very busy man. And do check out his podcast with Mr. Dave Moore. Why did you tell me that? Well, I'm telling you, you'll be going into the pub resplendent with pub bore facts to bait the band. If you liked any of Neil's choices, but I'm certain you did, or if there's anything you want to check out yourself, I would love it if you did so by way of our sponsor, therecordhub.com. 100% Irish-owned, 100% online, and everything you need is there at the press of a button. This podcast would be impossible without them. Back again next week with another great episode. This time, I'll be in conversation with my own personal musical hero and the musical hero of so many of us the great Mr. Donald Dineen. Do what you can not subscribe to the podcast. It's very easy. Just Hit the subscribe button. There's a new one out each and every Sunday. And above all that, make sure you subscribe to yourself. You're as good as gold. Talk to you all next week. Adios. Go Loud presents Recorded History. Hosted, produced, and researched by me, Ed Smith, at Go Loud Studios. The show was created and executive produced for Go Loud by D. Reddy. Our series is proudly supported by TheRecordHub.com, your local Irish and online record store.